Holy Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness and your love and mercy which you have bestowed greatly upon us. Father in heaven, please, once more we pray that you consecrate us to your service, grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit. May your words be spirit and life to us. My own words cannot be spirit and life. Therefore, I pray, put your words in my mouth and help, O Lord, that everything that will be spoken will be blessings to all who will be listening. That we all may learn and grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. In Jesus' name of prayer. Amen. Conflict and Courage February 18 A Better Country Now, they desire a better country that is and heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16 When Lot entered Sodom, he fully intended to keep himself from iniquity and to command his household after him, but he signally failed. Many are still making a similar mistake. Their children are surrounded by temptation, and too often they form associations that are unfavorable to the development of piety and the formation of a right character. The atmosphere of lax morality, of unbelief, of indifference to religious things has a tendency to counteract the influence of the parents. Examples of rebellion against parental and divine authority are ever before the youth. Many form attachments for infidels and unbelievers and cast in their lot with the enemies of God. In choosing a home, God would have us consider, first of all, the moral and religious influences that will surround us and our families. We may be placed in trying positions, for many cannot have their surroundings what they would. And whenever duty calls us, God will enable us to stand uncorrupted if we watch and pray, trusting in the grace of Christ. But we should not needlessly expose ourselves to influences that are unfavorable to the formation of Christian character. Those who secure for their children worldly wealth and honor at the expense of their eternal interests will find in the end that these advantages are a terrible loss. Like Lot, many see their children ruined and barely save their own souls. Their life work is lost. Their life is a sad failure. Had they exercised true wisdom, their children might have had less of worldly prosperity but they would have made sure of a title to the immortal inheritance. The heritage that God has promised to his people is not in this world. We must dwell as pilgrims and strangers here if we would gain a better country that is unheavenly. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Better Country, a very solemn one indeed. Our key text is taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16 which says, Now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called a God, for he hath prepared for them a city. As we have been looking at the life of Lot, we have learned a lot of lessons, solemn ones, negative story but yet a warning to all of us. And I pray that we all will heed this warning because it is right there for us to take note of. If we make the same choices that Lot made, we cannot expect 
but that we would experience the same things he experienced. And what was it Lot experienced? Lot lost everything. Two days ago, we read in Conflicts and Courage, page 53, paragraph 4, that says, The judgments of God are soon to be poured out upon the earth. Escape for thy life is the warning from the angels of God. Other voices are heard saying, Do not become excited. There is no cause for special alarm. Those who are at ease in Zion cry, Peace and safety, while heaven declares that swift destruction is about to come upon the transgressor. The young, the frivolous, the pleasure-loving consider these warnings as idle tales and turn from them with a jest. And then the last statement there says, Parents are inclined to think their children about right in the matter and all sleep on at ease. End of quote. Parents are inclined, just as many parents they think that all is well with their children and that all of them are about right and they sleep on at ease. But if the parents would investigate very well, they would realize that their children are not in the best spiritual condition. Lot was told, Escape for thy life. His wife was attached to her wealth and sentimentally indulgently attached to her children. She turned back rebelliously. She turned to a pillar of salt. And going on, Genesis chapter 19 verse 27, we see what happens next. You see, that destruction that day, the Bible tells us that God uses as an example of what is going to happen to the wicked when Jesus Christ will come the second time or the final end of the wicked. Here it says in Genesis 19 verse 27, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. Remember that he and Jesus stood while he was begging on behalf of the people of Sodom that if there were at least 10 people there, the Lord should spare the city. He went back to that spot. And when he went there, in verse 28 it says, And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain, and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Lot and his daughters now is what we are going to look at. Now when Abraham had seen this, the Bible is telling us that it was for Abraham's sake that the Lord saved Lot. Have you ever wondered what those, those angels went there to do? God was the one that was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. So what were the angels doing there? They just came there. Some men and the whole city came to try to sleep with them and the next thing they are telling Lot, do you have any other person here? We are going to destroy this city. Apparently, it looks as if those angels came there strictly for Lot because the Lord already knew what was going on in Sodom. When he says, I come down to see what is going on in Sodom, everything was done. You see, God brings himself so close to us, hoping that we will take advantage of the opportunity. And he walked by where Abraham was living. And Abraham, in his goodness, brought those men to his house. And in bringing them, he had a conversation with them. And the Lord told him what he was going to do. All of this was just to help Lot. And Abraham pleaded for on, on Lot's behalf. You see, there are some prayers the Lord, some things the Lord will not do except you ask. If Abraham had not asked on Lot's behalf, God would not have saved Lot. That's a lesson for us. But going down now, as we are looking at this story, Abraham dwelling in the plains and Lot dwelling in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the topic of what we are looking at is a better country. Which one of them chose the better country? Let us see what happened with Lot and his daughters. Genesis 19 verse 30 down to verse 38 says, And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar, and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come. Let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. 
And it came to pass on the morrow, that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot which child by their father. And the first bare a son and called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites until this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. What a tragic, terrible end to the story of Lot. Where can we trace the problem with Lot? We can trace it down to one thing only, the choice of his wife. That is where Lot's problem was. But for Lot's wife, we read yesterday, were it not to be for his wife, he would have not even separated from Abraham in the first place. And were it not to be for her, he would, not, he would have left Sodom a long time ago. In making that one wrong choice of that wife, selfishness was fostered in Lot and he chose to go to Sodom. He himself had that problem. But if he had a wife that was godly, to have told him, it is better for us to stay with Abraham than to go with Sodom, this would not have happened. Lot's selfishness and covetousness would have been quelled, but he had a wife whose selfishness and covetousness was even higher than his own. And she played her part in separating him from his uncle Abraham. And in separating from Abraham, he found himself in Sodom. The Lord tried to warn Lot. He went for a country to settle down on this earth. But Abraham was looking for a better country. Our key text in Hebrews 11 verse 16 says, Now the pilgrims desire a better country that is unheavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. But Lot was looking for his own country here on earth. Are you looking for your country here on earth? Are you planning with your family how to go deeper and deeper into the city, not caring about the immorality going there? Oh, how has your children been since you made that decision? How has it been for your family since then? Check the moral standing of your family and then ask yourself the question, did you make the right decision? Yes, it is not yet over. As for Lot, he went into Sodom. The Lord tried to warn him and there was that war that took place and he and his family were captured and taken away as slaves and captives. Were it not to be for Abraham who took over 300 men from his family and went and rescued Lot, Lot would have been a slave to another king for perhaps the rest of his life. But what happened next? When Lot came back from there, what did Lot do? Lot only went back. The Bible says that Lot, before he pitched his tent towards Sodom, but when he came back from that slavery, Lot now went inside Sodom. Instead of him to be corrected, he went inside. The Lord tried to warn Lot over and over again. The evil things that was vexing his righteous soul on a daily basis, the Bible says that his righteous soul was vexed every day from the things he was seeing and hearing in Sodom. That should have been enough to make Lot to leave, but Lot did not leave. He kept on staying there. And the rest we say is history. Two of his daughters got married to men who themselves were scoffers of the things of God. And the other two daughters, you could see what they did here. A sense of reverence and morality had left them to the point that they didn't see anything wrong in sleeping with their own father and having a child whose father is still their grandfather. What kind of confusion and complication is that? And the Ammonites and the Moabites were a thorn in the flesh of the whole world as at the time they existed. These two nations, the Ammonites and the Moabites, a thorn in the flesh of the world because of one wrong step. Now, marrying the wrong wife was not enough. Lot could have still commanded his home and be read in Conflict and Courage, page 55, paragraph 2. It says, When Lot entered Sodom, he fully intended to keep himself free from iniquity 
and to command his household after him, but he signally failed. End of quote. Why did Lot fail? Because he was going against the word of God, which says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. But here it is that Lot was trying to go against the word of God, thinking that evil communication will not corrupt his good manners, thinking to have the world and also have God at the same time. He wanted to play and think that he would grab the riches of this world and at the same time preserve his family and protect them from the evil that was going on. He failed. Are you trying to do the same thing? You will fail. There were barriers that the Lord has placed around us. And these barriers, if we break them, we will bring another Sodom to ourselves. And when we realize that we have a better country, we will not be anxious for the things of this world. Going on in the reading, it says, Many are still making a similar mistake. Their children are surrounded by temptation and too often they form associations that are unfavorable to the the development of piety and the formation of a right character. The atmosphere of lax morality, of unbelief, of indifference to religious things has a tendency to counteract the influence of parents. Oh, parents. Examples of rebellion against prenatal divine authority are ever before the youth. Many form attachments for infidels and unbelievers and casting their lot with the enemies of God. In this short statement is explained so many things that are happening in our world today that is destroying families, destroying the youth. But the decision is on the parents. The first thing that we are to do to avoid coming to this condition where we lose our children, lose our families, and lose eternal life is to have a pure moral atmosphere. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 55, paragraph 4, In choosing a home, God would have us consider, first of all, the moral and religious influences that will surround us and our families. We may be placed in trying positions for many cannot have their surroundings what they would and whatever duty, whenever duty calls, God will enable us to stand uncorrupted if we watch and pray, trusting in the grace of Christ. But we should not needlessly expose ourselves to influences that are unfavorable to the formation of Christian character. God knows our hearts and he is watching us to see what we are considering when we are choosing our place of abode. Are we choosing it because that place is lively? and you love that the place is bubbling, oh, your house will bubble also. And guess where it will bubble to? It will bubble towards the devil because you say you want a place that is not dull. You want a place where everything is happening. Oh, the place is a happening environment. Things are happening here. Yeah, they will happen and they will happen in your home too. But thou know, oh man, the Lord wants you to consider and ask the question, what is the moral standing of my environment? Is this a pure moral atmosphere in my home, in the environment? What are the things that my children are going to be seeing and hearing on a daily basis when I stay in this particular place? Do you have neighbors who play the music very loud that you cannot help but to hear the music they are playing? Do you have an environment where just as you walk by, you see them selling those pornographic DVDs along the way and as you are passing with your children, your children can always see them selling those things and then they can see what's going on around them? Do you have, are you living in an environment where just by staying in the window of your house and in the balcony, the children can watch and see the young men and the young ladies playing around and doing all the relationships and romantic stuff and all the sentimentalism is going to influence them in choosing for yourself a home. You must consider these things and the Lord will bless you. It may be that you may not be able to find the best environment but like we read, when that happens the Lord will help you when duty calls, he will help you to stand uncorrupted because it was not necessarily your fault. You couldn't get the best but you tried nevertheless. But let us put an effort in these things and not be like Lot and consider only money only the place that is lucrative for business that's all but you are not judging whether that place is still good for bringing up a pure uh, mind in the in in your house but apart from that 
Satan has infiltrated the homes. Even if the environment is good, is the home good? Satan has infiltrated the homes with cartoons, movies, and books. His satanic influence is felt and children are receiving lessons from demon gods as they and their parents sit before the television to watch and listen to his agents educate them in their ways. We read before that the parents' life work is lost. Their life is a sad failure. Why? Because they did not do what they were supposed to do in choosing the atmosphere right for their children. The atmosphere of lax morality, of unbelief, of indifference to religious things has a tendency to counteract the influence of parents. So when you play those movies, what are your children seeing and you you are laughing at it along with them but they are learning lessons of evil. I remember when we watched those movies where parents are you know in all these foreign movies where in the western life where children talk to their parents in a very disrespectful way and then you are wondering as a young person why can't my why can't we talk like this to our parents our parents are too strict they are too street street list not knowing that they were doing the right thing but what you are seeing on the television is the devil educating you on ways to be irreverent and disrespectful so that you now become impatient on restraint and feel that your parents are the bad ones i can't you see these western parents how they walk with their children they're like friends and they're they're just like uh the same age mates and you see how the children can talk to the parents like they're the same age mates and not knowing that the devil is educating the children to think that they can be rebellious to their parents and be impatient on restraint. It goes on to say examples of rebellion against parental and divine authority are ever before the youth. How is it ever before them? It's not just on the streets, it's in the movies, it's in the cartoons, it's in the books they read. They read their examples of rebellion against parental and divine authority. It's in the books they are reading. Reading now from Review and Herald, June 7, 1887, paragraph 10, it says, Those who are ever pressing a little closer to the world and becoming more like them in feelings, in plans, in ideas, have left a space between them and the Savior, and Satan has pressed his way into this space, and lo, worldly tainted selfish plans become interwoven with their experience. God's voice is addressing this class, which are not few. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It is of consequence that you hear attentively and obey. Come into close relationship with Christ. Keep your souls in constant contact with the world and its customs will become your customs. Its practices will become your practices. If you place yourselves where you will see and hear and feel and act as they do, this is the law of life. You will certainly become like the world when you place yourself before that television continually seeing continually hearing, continually feeling, continually acting as they do because the atmosphere in the home is not a pure one. So the lesson here is that in the home, first of all, parents, do not give your children things to look at in books and movies, cartoons that will show them a wrong example. What many parents don't understand is that we are not fighting a war of flesh and blood here. The devil is playing a war of intelligence with you. You have no idea that those movies were cooked up from the pits of hell, sugar-coated and painted in very attractive garbs so that you cannot even tell that it was the devil himself that wrote Cinderella. That it was the devil himself that cooked up Frozen. That it was him who brought about Snow White and the Seven, seven Dwarfs. That he is behind all those cartoons in Nickelodeon and the Cartoon Network and all those other stations. Satan is verily behind them. And many do not know that many of these cartoons are stoking and pumping up this Sodom lifestyle. Ordinary SpongeBob SquarePants. It's a cartoon that promotes homosexuality. And many parents are not the wiser. They don't know. Simpsons loud house these are satanic presentations brought to the home and satan verily is in that altar of the television speaking to the children and the parents are none the wiser they don't have any idea their children are being educated the first thing that we should consider 
What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Why are we ignorant on these things? Why are the pulpits not talking about it? Children are being lost right in the home, not even outside, right there in the home, just looking at the TV. And that is where we need to be careful. Now, when they leave the home, the next place is the school, the education and the training of children to be worldly. When we read Child Guidance, page 305, paragraph 2, it says, Bible truth is neutralized and the child gets confused. Do our children receive from the teachers in the public schools ideas that are in harmony with the word of God? Is sin presented as an offense against God? Is obedience to all the commandments of God taught as the beginning of all wisdom? We send our children to the Sabbath school that they may be instructed in regard to the truth. And then, as they go to the day school, lessons containing falsehood are given to them. These things confuse the mind and should not be. For if the young receive ideas that pervert the truth, how will the influence of this education be counteracted? Can we wonder that under such circumstances, some of the youth among us do not appreciate religious advantages? Can we wonder that they drift into temptation? Can we wonder that neglected as they have been, their energies are devoted to amusements which do them no good, that their religious aspirations are weakened and their spiritual life darkened? The mind will be of the same character as that upon which it feeds, the harvest of the same nature as the seed sown. Do not these facts sufficiently show the necessity of guarding from the earliest years the education of the youth? Would it not be better for the youth to grow up in a degree of ignorance as to what is commonly accepted as education than for them to become careless in regard to the truth of God? End of quote. And there's a place where she said, I would rather let my child grow up in ignorance than for them to get exposed to these things. The schools in the world, were they brought up to teach your children how to be of God or to teach them the way of salvation? Verily not. At best, they were brought up for an exact opposite purpose. And that is to teach them the way of the world. And what do they do in the schools? End of the year parties. Oh, party spirit. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 19, downward that the lust of the flesh are these. And one of them there is the party spirit. People that love to party, the children are taught that. And what else is taught in the schools? How about their the, the, the places they go to, some of sometimes they take them to these excursions and take them to programs. They go to the cinemas, and there again they are educated further in the things of the world. And then what about the sports that they are taught in school? Same thing, educating them in the things of the world. The very curriculum in the school today it is getting really, really bad. They are teaching them sex education, but that's not actually what they are teaching them. They are teaching them how to have sex. They are teaching them things that they would never have even known, that would not even come to their mind. Third graders are being taught now how to use a condom. Others are being taught how to masturbate. In school, they are teaching them these things. The very literature books that they are giving them are not just suggesting in a very silent way now, blatantly teaching them sexual things. What kind of sexual things? Sodomy. They are being sodomized in school. Did you know that, parents? In the West, check it. Even in your books here, Queen Premier, it is there. Even in the books, in our literature books in Africa, the same thing, it is still written there. But many parents don't know. And these things are being brought to the mind of the children in the school. Will it be any wonder then that they don't want religious things? You know, it's not, it's not supposed to be a surprise. And then parents will wonder, why are my children like this? I'm trying to study the Bible. You take them to church just once a week. Five days of the week, they are learning these things from the devil. And the flesh is naturally inclined to evil things. One day a week, they go to church. And even the church itself wants to copy the world. So even in the church, they are really not getting anything. It's still the world again because the church has turned to the world. Most churches have turned to the world. So it is all the days of their life that they world. But then the parents want them to be like their 1960 Christian or many years back Christian, which itself was not even good. And then they are using that to judge the children, not knowing that the children have advanced in the immorality. It's not as if the parents' time was any better. But it's the same thing that's happening. It is because 
we are placing them in the areas where the Lord said we shouldn't place them. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The church is so in harmony with the world that the message of taking the children away from the school seems too radical, fanatical, and extreme to some. But while you linger contemplating whether it is radical or not, your children are learning the lessons of Satan and being imbued with his spirit. Every day they go to school. Escape for thy life immediately. No need for delay. What shall it profit you? For you and your children to be the most intelligent, most affluent, most successful as far as the world is concerned, most comfortable and wealthy, and you all lose your souls, what will it profit you? Nothing. It will not profit you nothing. As we read, Conflict and Courage, page 55, paragraph 5, those who secure for their children worldly wealth and honor at the expense of their eternal interests will find in the end that these advantages are a terrible loss. Like Lot, many see their children ruined and barely save their own souls. Their life work is lost. Their life is a sad failure. Had they exercised true wisdom, their children might have had less of worldly prosperity, but they would have made sure of a title to the immortal inheritance. End of quote. So what should we do now? Maybe you have children already in the schools. I don't know how you're going to go about it, but as soon as possible, the best decision will be to withdraw them from there and find a way to train them in the home. Let them barada grow in a degree of ignorance than to know the things that are being learned in the world. Think of your own experience. Some things you would never have known had it not been that you came in, came in contact with certain things that were said in the school by your teachers or came in contact with that friend in school that exposed your mind to something that you never knew that became a plague to your life. Do you think it's going to be any different for your child? Do you think your child's experience will not be like that too? Or maybe you never had such an experience and that's why you're ignorant. And you're thinking that, oh, because you never had such experience, the world is such a safe place. The world is not a safe place. The school is not a safe place. Unsafe schools is what we said before. Unsafe streets. Unsafe churches also. Look to the salvation of your own soul and the soul of your children. Do not give your child to anybody to save for you. How many hours they spend in school? They go there from morning, for morning till evening. You spend just few hours with them. Do you know what they are learning? You have no idea. But I can tell you, it is not something that is training them to become children of God that I am sure of. It is not something that is preparing them for the second coming of Jesus that I can categorically tell you that is not what they are learning in school. And if that's not what they are learning, then what are they doing? At best, they are wasting their time. And at worst, the devil is educating them terribly to become more like himself. Escape for thy life is the message. As much as you can with your wife or with your husband, make that decision and bring them out. There is no delay in this one. If it is for changing the atmosphere, yes, you need to consider. You need to think about it. Your location is not something you do in a haste. But as for the school, there is no, nothing like um, delay in this one. You have to do it as quickly as possible to wean them off from those schools. The location, you need to be wise and ensure that the Lord will lead you to find the best place to go. And at least you are in control of your home. That one is immediately, throw away those movies, throw away those books, throw away those cartoons that are exp exposing the mind of your child to evil things, the video games that is making them more idle and useless because that's the idleness that led to sodomy. Those things, throw them away. Don't leave them in the homes because that is what made lost children to be what they were and your children are going to become like that. As much as it's in your power, do it. If it is not in your power, maybe your children are grown up try and reason with them but if you cannot like lot's own children his in-laws leave them alone and leave the case with god leave the case with god that is that for the schools but one more thing in the schools which we are going to look at again is the dress how do they dress in the schools and not just in the schools outside the schools you see the barriers that the lord has placed to protect us from coming this far to this vileness is much he has told us don't learn from them education don't stay in the same place with them these are barriers that would have protected us and then there's a barrier he gave us in dress which is broken both in the home and in the schools child guidance page 417 paragraph 3 says 
Modesty will shield from a thousand perils. My sisters, avoid even the appearance of evil in this fast age, reeking with corruption. You are not safe unless you stand guarded. Virtue and modesty are rare. I appeal to you as followers of Christ, making an exalted profession, to cherish the precious, priceless gem of modesty. This will guard virtue. This will guard virtue. Modesty is a barrier that the Lord has placed around us to stop us from going into this vileness. Chaste simplicity in dress, when united with modesty of demeanor, will go far towards surrounding a young woman with that atmosphere of sacred reserve, which will be to her a shield from a thousand perils. Now, when you go to the homes, how do you allow your children to dress? I see children dressed in shorts now, ladies. Bomb shorts, their parents are the ones giving them. I remember when this bomb shorts craze came around. It was looked at as, for what it should be looked at actually, terrible abomination. Now, Christian parents are giving their children these things to wear outside and inside the home. My Lord and my God, what is going on in the world? Are parents so blinded that they cannot see the effect of these things? The parents themselves are doing it and they dress their children in the same manner. Perhaps some of them are ignorant or they just want to follow the world. What do you think is going to happen to your children? I'll tell you what is going to happen. It's not going to be well. I cannot give you all the specifics, but I tell you, if you do not make these changes, it is not going to be well with you and your children. And I'm not placing a curse on you. It is just what the word of God says. You cannot go against the barriers of the Lord and think that it will be well with you. Evil communication will always corrupt good manners. It will never be different. Always corrupt good manners. Parents, change your ways and change the ways of your children. In Child Guidance, page 427, paragraph 2 down to paragraph 3, we read, There is an increasing tendency to have women in their dress and appearance as near like the older sex as possible and to fashion their dress very much like that of men. But God pronounces it abomination. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. God designed that there should be a plain distinction between the dress of men and women and has considered the matter of sufficient importance to give explicit directions in regard to it. For the same dress worn by both sexes would cause confusion and great increase of crime. End of quote. Do you see that? So many look at this injunction as old school stuff. They don't want to even go in that territory. But it's still written there. For those who will listen and the Lord is pleading with you the Lord is pleading with all of us if you don't do this it's for your own good it's you who will feel the, 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 the effect of it the world today with the alphabet people that's the LGBT lifestyle let's just call them the alphabet people as much as we respect them and know that Many people are there for some reason that we cannot tell fortunate events. Yes, but it's still a violence nevertheless. And do you know that you contribute to this whole lifestyle of sodomy every time you blood the blood the lines that the Lord has placed in dress? Because it is this issue of cross dressing that leads to what we have today in the alphabet people. But many cannot see it confusion will be the result but as you break these barriers then we are having what we have in have in the world today and in child guidance page 427 paragraph 1 we read satan invented the fashions which leave the limbs exposed chilling back the life current from its original course and parents bow before the bow at the shrine of fashion and so clothe their children that the nerves and veins become contracted and do not answer the purpose God designed, they should. End of quote. When you think of the sportswear of your children in school, does it fit this? The living of the limbs exposed. Go to the schools and see how the children are dressed also. They dress them in such a sexy manner that the boys in the school, that's the girls now, the boys in the school cannot even concentrate on the, the things that their teacher is telling them because the girls are dressed in such a manner to arouse sexual thoughts in the mind. And the girls themselves are so aware of their laps and their legs and their body 
that they too are not concentrating. They are looking at who is, they're looking at the boys that are staring at them. And then the immorality is fueled through the dress. These things are the barriers that the Lord has placed, broken down now, and we are now seeing an inroad into Sodom in our world. Not just sexual immorality and all kinds of sexual perversions, but we are talking of going further into pedophilia, going into sodomy, going into other sexual practices that are too too gruesome to even talk about. This is the barrier. It is these little things, the environment, your home, the movies, the books, the cartoons, the school and everything that's going on there, the parties they are taking your children to in the schools, the holidays that they are observing in the schools. All these things are the barriers that Satan is breaking down and making us become more like the world. And I want us to remember what we read in Review and Herald. June 7, 1887, paragraph 10. It is of consequence that you hear attentively and obey. Come into close relationship with Christ. Keep your souls in constant contact with the world and its customs will become your customs. Its practices will become your practices. If you place yourselves where you will see and hear and feel and act as they do, that's what will happen to you. And where is that? In front of the TV. That's where we place ourselves. Keep on seeing and hearing and acting as they do. You know all the artists, the music artists. You know all the movies and their names. And now we are sympathizing with the infidels on TV and all the movie actors who are verily haters of God. You, the, the children have grown to love them. And in loving them, they copy them. They act as like they do. And then what's happening? Satan is winning the battle. He's changing the family to become in his image and not in God's image anymore. It is a law. I say it again, it's a law. Keep your soul in constant contact with the world and its customs will become your customs. Its practices will become your practices if you place yourselves where you will see and hear and feel and act as they do. And this is where Satan has gotten the denominations of Christianity all over the world. This is where we have lost our power by copying the world. Reading now from Child Guidance, page 430, paragraph 1. Human reasoning has ever sought to evade or set aside the simple direct instructions of the word of God. In every age, a majority, take note in every age, that is as we're coming from the, let's say, from the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, and now 2000s, it says, in every age, a majority of the professed followers of Christ have disregarded those precepts which enjoin self-denial and humility which require modesty and simplicity of conversation, deportment and apparel. That's dress. So every age, they have always been disregarding anything in dress, in conduct, social reform that has to do with self-denial. Because that's another problem with the world. The way they teach social reform, they, they make there to be no difference in the way you relate with the opposite sex. And they teach the children, adults too, ways that they relate with one another that will certainly lead to sin. So as every age has been going, barriers have been broken down, the result has ever been the same. Departure from the teachings of the gospel leads to adoption of the fashions, customs and principles of the world. Vital godliness gives place to a dead formalism. The presence and power of God withdrawn from those world-loving circles are found with a class of humble worshippers who are willing to obey the teachings of the sacred word. Through successive generations, this course has been pursued. One after another, different denominations have risen and yielding their simplicity have lost in a great measure their earthly power. End of quote. This is what the Lord is saying to us today, to come out from among them. The Lord has prepared for us a better country, and we are not supposed to be anxious to look for the things the world has to offer us. When we make these decisions to not take our children to the schools, not bring the things of the world into the home, choose a pure moral atmosphere, and perhaps that may make us not to have all the affluence that we may want it to have, yes, we will not be as the richest people in the world, yes. But then, we are looking for a better country. Not this one, but a heavenly. And that's why it shouldn't be something that would hurt us or make us feel bad when we make these decisions. What are we supposed to do then? The instruction to us is, come out from among them. Review and Herald, June 7, 1887, paragraph 11. Come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean. 
Turn quickly to Jesus Christ. Yield your pride, your self-love, your selfish aspirations, your love of the world which are dead to spirituality. Yield them. You have those aspirations to be this and to be that. But you know that when you make these decisions to come out, it is going to make you forgo your selfish aspirations. Yield it. Yield your selfish aspirations and your self-love. Repent quickly. Delay not in deciding lest you be too late. Elevate your soul's aspirations to higher spheres of action in Christian activities. Those who do this are the only class in our churches that will grow. They will speedily attain the highest moral efficiency and the clearest spiritual perceptions. Now, I want to take this slow. Those who do what? That is, those who turn quickly to Jesus Christ, giving up their selfish aspirations, giving up that self-love, that anxiety to do the things of the world and the love of the world. When they do that, then they will grow they will speedily attain the highest moral efficiency and the clearest spiritual perceptions. They will have unusual vigor and steadiness of faith. They will know how to pray and be persevering and earnest in prayer. And all those who are deeply and interestedly engaged in the salvation of others are the more surely working out their own soul salvation with fear and trembling. The piety that does not reveal itself in working interestedly for others will become a form strengthened, bigoted, self-conceited, coming in contact with souls for whom Christ has died, seeking to bring them to repentance and evidencing a love for their souls will call them out of themselves so that they will not be exclusively engaged for their own selfish interests, either in temporal pursuits or in spiritual things. God has shown it to be our duty not to live for ourselves. Christ pleased not himself. The message to us is still in Genesis 19 verse 17. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Don't stay in that place where you are. Look for ways to leave that environment that is not a pure moral atmosphere. Bring them out of the schools. Bring your children out of the schools. Jesus says to you, escape. Don't look back. Don't stay back in all the plain that is in all those schools too. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Escape for thy life, you and your family. And if you cannot go with your family, go alone. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. The lesson is for us to learn. And I say again, if your family is in such a position where you cannot go with them, move alone. Go alone. While you linger, waiting for your children to hear and your husband to hear and your wife to agree and follow you and you are still remaining there, you will be destroyed along with those who are lingering. Move and that is the best thing you can do for your family. Abraham, remember, was told, Get thee out of thy country, out of thy father's house, out of thy kindred, and I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing to the world. It is in your separation that you become a blessing to that your family that you are trying to save. It is not by remaining with them, but by separating from them. I'm not saying people should divorce their husbands or wives. No. Neither am I saying that they should be at loggerheads, separate in practices, separate in principles, separate in ideas, separate in customs, adopt the customs of God, the principles of God, the practices of the word of God. And if your husband or children or wife will not join you, then go your way and let them go theirs. If it has to be in a point of separating location and you see that you need to change location and there's a way, there's going to be a problem in the home. Pray to God about it and when you see, as you see already, most likely, that there is need for it, please move ahead. Do not divorce anyone. Move ahead. Find that home. Tell your children to come and join you there. If they refuse, then it's just like lost children who refused. Don't say you will stay back because of them. If the children will not listen, then what was it for Lot? Escape for thy life is what the Lord is saying. Then escape. But then pray to the Lord to direct you 
and guide you to know how to go about these things. Now, in choosing a location like we read earlier, the first thing to check is the moral atmosphere. Some people make a mistake and think you know that when there's bush around them and the air is pure, then that means it's a pure moral atmosphere. No, it's not every village that is good. It's not every countryside you go to, then it means that the environment is good. You can go to some areas and they look like their countryside, but yet in that place too, there is still terrible examples that you will see around you. Music is blaring, children are hearing it. The first thing to check is not whether the setting has so many bushes. The first thing to check is whether the environment itself in seeing and hearing, what am I going to be seeing very often? What am I going to be hearing very often? That is what you should be asking yourself. You can control your home, what your children and yourself are going to be seeing and hearing. But outside, you cannot control it. And you have to check that. And when you see that it is something you can manage, then you can remain there. You can remain there. I pray that the Lord will direct us. Remember, these things are written for our learning. We cannot be making the same mistakes again and expecting a different result. Do the same thing Lot did, you get the same result. We're in one form or the other. May the Lord help us. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, help us. Many of us find ourselves in situations where we do not know what to do right now. We have gone so far in the decisions we have made. We find ourselves in the heart of Sodom. We cannot change our families. We can only help ourselves. I pray, Lord, that you forgive us for all our past mistakes and help us, Lord, to move on. Like Abraham moved, help us to move. For those of us who can remedy our families, Lord, please give us the grace to take upon ourselves this work and do it faithfully. Help us to redeem the time. Whatever things we have done in the past that was wrong, help us, Lord, to try and do our best now to amend what we have done wrong and teach our children, our husbands, our wives the right thing. Lord, you know how difficult this work is and we have made it for ourselves this way. Some have been ignorant and they never knew and just now they are knowing. They are seeing the consequences in their children and the behaviors of their children and they cannot do much. Please, Lord, for those we can do something about, help us. We pray, Lord, for the children of parents who are listening now and are wondering, what do I do? My children are lost, even though as far as the things of the world goes, it seems they are making it and they are doing well, but they are lost. Lord, for such ones, I pray that you console and comfort their hearts and give them grace to have the wisdom to understand what they can do to help their children. Pray for such children, Lord, that you will visit them as you have visited us privately. Visit them too and help them and transform their lives by your grace, O oh Lord. Please, and help us, Lord, to be content with this message that we have heard, that you have given it to us to save our own souls. We may not be able to save every one of the members of our family, but help us, Lord, not to be like Lot's wife, weeping over it, but help us, Lord, to be grateful that you have seen it fit to save us and help us to move on. Help us, Lord, that our minds shall be in that heavenly country, and that we will not make decisions for this earthly one. Whenever the temptation comes to make us consider the things of this world above the things of God, please, Lord, may your Holy Spirit raise a standard against the enemy. Remind us of your word that says, What shall it profit us to gain the whole world and lose our souls? Lord in heaven, give us the grace, O Lord, and grant us of your Spirit to do these things and put all we have learned into practice. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.